Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, right. Keep it quiet. <laughs> Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, for a cheerful toast and fill it, happy anniversary, but be careful you don't spill it, happy anniversary, oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Fred, you remembered. How could I ever forget the happiest day of my life? Oh. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Well, thanks, fellas. It sure was. And happy anniversary, both as happy as can be. Celebrating merrily their happy anniversary. And I didn't forget you, darling. Happy anniversary. A tie with spots on it already. <laughs> Just what I always needed. Oh, Fred. Oh. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. All right, fellas, I appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. We now say emphatically, it's happy anniversary. Not another day could be a happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy, 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 happy. happy. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LeVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Pretty much kind of bought 
radio to the forefront of how how important it was to um, get messages out because a lot of people who had tuned in that night thought that it was an actual, which uh, to this day, I, I, I guess now in hindsight and being all these years later, people actually thought there was a Martian invasion going on. Um, but it was not. And Orson Welles didn't really get into a lot of trouble about it, but uh, it kind of like catapulted him into the American household. So, yeah, that was 82 years ago tonight, uh, Halloween Eve, 1938. So actually tonight wow. what I was hoping to do was to play a clip of the first minute or two of that broadcast. Could not get it all the way through. I'm a little bit upset, but um, it's on YouTube. You can pull it up. You can listen to it. Great Halloween listening, along with some other good old radio programs, but yes. Um, I think, what's the other anniversary? Oh, that's right. Ten years. This um, November 5th, coming up next Thursday, and I guess I should mention it now to all the folks out there, uh, on that Thursday night at 10 o'clock, um, I will have a special broadcast, pretty much just rec- uh, rem- remembering, I guess, not recollecting, but uh, 10 years of podcasting. Of course, uh, a good chunk of those involved my dear friend uh, who's been with me pretty much for about nine of those years, right? Yeah, something like that, something ridiculous. Which is the funniest thing. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> Nor would I want to. <laughs> but um, uh, Barry here, in a part of that 10 years, uh, came in, uh, started with me in November, um, November 4th, I think, with the show that predates this one, which was The Cutting Room Floor, um, November 4th of 2011. And then... Uh, as Russ and Rachel about taking a break, took a break. (laughs) (laughs) We also did page one, this current show for a little bit, took a little bit of a break, a little bit longer than what we both thought. We were both kind of surprised at the time in between. Uh, And of course we've been with you uh, continuously since September 27th of 2019. So yeah, time flies, doesn't it? Yes, it does. (laughs) <laughs> very scary yes it does um, you know what that leads me into uh, tonight a uh, lot of things to talk about a couple of sports stories which you know like I said we, we are well aware of what's going on here over the next few days so for those of you tuning in saying hey LeVar how come you guys aren't talking about the presidential election that's page one yeah it is but right now we kind of are trying to be a respite away from all of that <laughs> um but I will mention something about it in tonight's commentary, which will be later in the show. Uh, a couple of sports news that made the front page. And then uh, tonight, I, this is one of those weeks because everything is presidential election. Doesn't leave room for a lot of stories out there. Um, so what I'm going to do, and I guess in the spirit of Halloween, <laughs> uh I will have two or three tales of horror. Mary will have to decide which one is the worst 
for the stories this week. <laughs> That's coming up later tonight uh, because there's three hard-to-believe stories if you hadn't heard them, but uh, it is kind of funny. But I guess first things first, and, and I guess um, for those who watched the World Series this week, uh, one of the stories that came out of it wasn't the fact that the Dodgers won. Um, it was what happened kind of in the middle to end part of the game in post-game. And Justin Turner of the Dodgers violated coronavirus protocols when he celebrated on the field with his teammates, and he refused instructions from security to leave the field, behavior that Major League Baseball pretty much said risked the safety of others. Uh, Earlier this week, the commissioner's office said that they were starting a full investigation of the third baseman. Pulled from the game following the seventh inning, after MLB was notified to be tested positive for COVID-19. Now, he was quarantined in a doctor's office, and he later returned to the field wearing a mask to celebrate the title. He then took down his mask and posed for a team photo on the field. Immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered, leading to the removal of Justin, according to Major League Baseball. He was placed in isolation for the safety of those around him. However... Uh, it is clear that he chose to disregard the agreed-upon protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. And while a desire to celebrate is understandable, his decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came into contact at risk. And some people are saying that there's nothing specified about the range of penalties, but some are saying that he should be suspended for the first 30 days of next season. Uh, there's no press you know, precedent for one. And some people were saying, hey, I understand. Once in a lifetime, you're going to go out there and celebrate. Some people are saying it was foolish to do so, and he probably could have did it at a later point. So I guess here as a sports fan who's watching this and knowing everything that there is about COVID by now, uh, where do you stand on this? Was he in the right or was he in the wrong? And who is to blame? for what happened post-game? Um, I, I, I don't like placing blame, so I'm not going to say who's to blame um, as much as who's responsible. How's that? Uh, he should have been more responsible. Um, there are people out there that are testing positive that have other people in their lives that they have to care for that could easily con- contract the, the virus and have adverse reactions to it. I'm not saying that he should live in a bubble, um, but in the same token, if you test positive, it's your responsibility to take care of those immediate people around you. You know you're sick now. You know you have a positive test. It's not like, uh, I probably could have had, you know, maybe it's a possibility. No, you know it. Whether or not it's true, even if it's a false positive, you have that. And you're willing to put other people at risk. That's selfish. It's a very selfish thing to do. Because now you're doing that regardless of everybody around you because you think you're right. Okay, and you might be, but you don't care about the other people that are around you. You don't care about the people that have 
other people that they're going home to. That's, it's one thing to have the what if, you know, like, oh, should I go to that party because there might be somebody there? It's a completely separate thing when somebody's got a text in their hand that says, guess what? Yes, you do. Now, I'm not saying it's an accurate test. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. I don't know. But instead of acting on like, hey, let's, let's test this again and make sure that it's positive, instead of acting like it is positive and testing again and then finding out that you weren't right, but you were being cautious, you're being reckless and selfish and disregarding what's going on. And so I won't blame anyone, but his responsibility in this whole thing is evident. And if there is an outbreak of people, I'm not saying like, you know, tens of thousands of people get it, but if other people get it that were there that he came in contact with, if he's ground zero patient at that point, it's his responsibility. It's his fault. And then I'll blame. But right now, he's responsible. I was going to say, I have a few issues with this. Um, And I'm waiting to see what uh, the timeline of all this, because first of all, Major League Baseball, I am going to put some blame out there. Major League Baseball should have, and I don't understand how you get test results in the middle of a game. Every other league has protocols in place as to where those results come back before events happen. And with NFL, it happened with every other sports league. I don't understand what led for his test results to come back during a game in which he was already on the field playing only to get pulled later on. Heaven knows how many people he had been around and maybe pulled down a mask throughout the day. I, you know, at that point, I'm not an athlete, but I here's two parts to this. I kind of, in a way, am with you. And also, I understand, because he's a free agent after this year, and he, you know, when you win a championship, you never, ever know if you're going to be in that position again. I get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this with a caveat, though. I get it. And to see your teammates out there clinch it, win, celebrate on the field, and you're in isolation, I know that had to be bothering. And I don't know what his teammates knew, if they were told what they knew or when they knew it. His responsibility, which you are correct, when he left out of there against their wishes, he decided to go back out there. I think if he had worn a mask, kept his distance, I don't think people would have had as big of an issue about it. Where people had an issue with it was that when he went out there and he took that picture with the trophy, he took his mask off. And he was sitting within mere feet of his manager, who was a cancer survivor. And he was, you know, heaven knows who else he was around. And you saw him kissing his wife. You saw him out there hugging people. And 
I would have went out there, did a few high fives, took the team picture with mask on, and went back in the locker room. I don't think people would have had an issue with that. But his responsibility comes not only to his teammates, but, quote, fellow human beings, because whoever he was around, you know, and we don't know all the pictures and video of how many times he had his mask off or where he was at, but it is reckless. It is just as bad as anyone who has COVID or signs of COVID going around, and and we don't want to be the police here, and say, oh, you know what, Uh, if you have it or if you've got a sniffle, you shouldn't be doing that either. We would hope that the decent thing that you would do out of precaution is to protect those people, if those are your teammates and people who you love and fight with. And if I was him, I would have probably would have been off a little bit to the side in that photo. He was right down in front, and I know he's the heart and soul of the team. I get it. I would have done that for a few scant seconds and then said, hey, I'm going to bust it back to the locker room and go back in isolation. I was out here now with you. I got that feeling out of my you know system. But there's so many questions I have as to why – you know, uh, and I know he's not a he's not a kid, so they can't like drag him off the field. <laughs> but for Major League Baseball to wait uh, until the eighth inning of that game, this whole debacle, in a way, they've got nobody to blame in a way but themselves. Because had they gotten the results back before the game, they could have sent him back to the team hotel and said, "Hey, get out of here." get back to the team hotel or go to an isolation somewhere here in the city. And if you win, you win. But other than that, you know, you're out of here. And that's what should have happened. I don't know why the timing of this test, of course, while he's there in that stadium, hearing all of this, he's going to be compelled to get out there. Mm -hmm. And if I was an athlete, I probably would have did the same thing. I would have worn three masks. Because I don't know if I'm going to be back in that situation. But Major League Baseball should have did a better job of trying to get that test result back before the game so that this wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, it's kind of a shared responsibility between him and baseball to protect those other people. That's where I'm kind of lying on that one. It's, it's, it's maddening all around. And the fact that he didn't wear you know, that mask for those few seconds next to his manager who – like I said, as a cancer survivor, he wasn't thinking at all. So, I don't know. Should he be suspended, though? Ah, that's a tough one. I mean, if nobody gets sick, then no harm, no foul, right? But then then there's that whole, he shouldn't have done it, he tested positive, and even if he didn't get anybody sick, he still put people at risk. So you have to weigh those pros and cons. And then on top of that, what are you going to really do? Are you suspending him? He is a free agent. So if he ends up with a different team, are you actually making the other team suffer because you're taking away that player? That's that's not fair to that team. There should be some kind of – I don't want to say punishment, but there should be some kind of – there's got to be a consequence to what he did. And, again, it comes back to that responsibility. I don't, I don't know what that consequence would be that would be appropriate because the fine doesn't seem right. 
I understand him wanting to be with that trophy, especially if he's not going to necessarily be able to see it again or take that picture again or be with those people again or to celebrate again. And I get it. You win a championship. You want to be part of that. That's, that's, some, that's a memory. That's something that you want to, like, imprint on your brain. But it, it, at what cost? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But we'll see what Major League Baseball does about it. Um, but like we said, I think there's blame kind of all around here. And he really, you know, that's, that, it's not just from an athlete perspective. It's, it's from a human perspective. You, you have to, you know, you knew what you had. And you still went out there and you put people at risk. And luckily, the following day, Major League Baseball tested everyone from both teams. Uh, there was no other cases. And uh, I think they had tested Justin twice, and both were positive. So, um, you know, this is nothing to play around with. Uh, and, and I know we said it every week, and, and we keep talking about it until we're blue in the face. But I will tell you from experience tonight, there is a friend of mine who actually uh, has it. And um, she bravely went online last night because she hadn't been on in a minute and talked about how she didn't really believe that it could be that serious. And then uh, for it to happen to her and pretty much all of the things that we talk about in regards to um, the symptoms, uh, she said it's really taken a toll on her because she said it feels like she's constantly getting punched in the chest that she cannot uh, smell or taste, and that she is highly fatigued. Um, so for her, I, I do hope and I'm praying for her speedy recovery. But, yeah, please, folks, uh, whether you believe or not science, whether you you know believe or not healthy people or sick people get sick more and that it just happens that way, just look out for you, fellow man. That's all I can say. Um one of the things I want to talk about tonight, because it, it actually came to mind, with tomorrow being Halloween. Now, first of all, does Halloween officially kick off the holiday season, or is it Thanksgiving? For me, or for everyone? Oh, I guess for you. For everyone, it's September. It's Labor Day because that's when they start putting out the Christmas decorations. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was no, I think it was already more happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would be July 4th when Christmas decorations hit the shelf. Um, no, uh, Halloween is the is the start of the holiday season for for me. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really my birthday um, because I once my birthday hits, it's like get ready for Halloween. And then after Halloween, it's Thanksgiving. And after Thanksgiving, it's just a mad rush for the new, for the new year. And it's really fast. And it's, it seems like it that time between Halloween and Thanksgiving gets shorter and shorter every year. Mm-hmm. Like it really feels like it's like Halloween, Thanksgiving. Wait, what happened to the rest of November, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, Halloween has become like once I pack up my Halloween decorations, which I do have lots of, but once I pack those up, then it's here we go, kind of a deep breath and get into the rest of the year mm-hmm. for me. You know, I was thinking about this question, and it's not a news story, but it actually uh, – I had to think about it a little bit because this year we have seen things starting to be scaled back and or canceled. Now, no one has said anything, and I don't know what will happen with things such as, you know, the traditional holiday things that we have known 
such as the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Um, you have already have heard today about the NCAA uh, canceling some bowl games this year. Uh, some will return in 2021. I think in your case, too, the Las Vegas Bowl is still up in the air. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, with Christmas, we have heard about uh, Santa not being at Macy's for the first time in over 126 years. I'm yet to wonder if there will be New Year's celebrations in Times Square. Uh, probably not. And it has made me think that with everything pretty much just being canceled and postponed this year, does it change uh, your holiday plans or are you adapt to probably uh, working around that somehow, some way? Because I would think that for a lot of people, they would probably just be like, man, well, we already lost the summer. We pretty much are being told Halloween's a no-go. Uh, businesses are worried about turkey sales for Thanksgiving. Uh, and it leads me next to Black Friday shopping because it's not going to be the same. We already know that. Uh, a lot of it's going to be online. Uh, which takes away from that traditional going to the store. So does it change your plans a lot? Or do you just say, hey, we'll make the best of it and we'll stick through what we normally do? Gotcha. Yeah, normally I'm going I'm to say this. This is very specific to me. My plans for Thanksgiving is usually Orphan Thanksgiving, so that will change a little bit. It will end up being scaled back probably a lot. Um, With Christmas, though, it's always been a very intimate affair. So for me, it's it's a very small group of people. And then New Year's is when we normally have, like I get together with my extended family and do the more grandiose party gift exchange. Hey, let's start off another year of knowing each other. That may get scaled back as well. Um, that I'm not sure about. That really depends. I know that in Las Vegas, there are already some of the places are um, canceling, like the New Year's Eve fireworks. They're already talking about that. Um, they're talking about how they're scaling back on uh, how many rooms they're renting out for New Year's Eve, um, and for and that's a big deal. There's usually a lot of people. They normally cl- close down the strip so that people can wander up and down the strip for New Year's Eve and for. Uh, Fremont Street. So a lot of that's going to be changing around here. But personally, Christmas and New Year's is going to probably be the same-ish because we're already, it's not very extravagant or very large scale anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving will be, or Thanksgiving will be scaled back a little bit. But it's, again, my life is very simple. Is very, it's usually very intimate. There's very few people that are um, part of those big plans for those big days. Now, that being said, some of it I'm really looking forward to. I hope that it doesn't change. I'm looking at Christmas lights, caroling, you know, out of a car, um, screaming at people as we, you know, singing off key as we drive down the street in the middle of the night, stuff like that. I hope doesn't change because that that's become a kind of tradition that's 
something I've looked forward to for the past few years to just kind of reconnect and, and to the silly part of the, the holiday season and to let go of some of that stress. So I hope that that doesn't get scaled back because people aren't doing all the things that they normally do for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So fingers crossed people still put out Christmas lights. Yeah. How you about know, you? I, I, I'm kind of like you where it might be, I don't know, I, I kind of feel, you know, I, maybe I'll have to get into the holiday spirit here post-Halloween. Uh, <laughs> but with everything that's been canceled, it's almost like, and I know probably a lot of other people will probably have the mindset of uh, really scaling back. If not, you know, they'll do minimal to really probably nothing this year uh, in regards to celebrating. I know, you know, times are tough, and a lot of people have said that money actually this year was going to be was because of uh, some people who have been who have seen their job hours cut and cut fully. Um, Gifts will not be as extravagant as has been in years past. Um, it's hard to, I don't know, it's kind of hard to celebrate. Um, I think it brings back the whole idea of being reflective around these holidays. I, I think that I will, I will acknowledge it. I will try to celebrate it, but I celebrate it with a sense of just how lucky we are to be able to celebrate things like this. Um, and I hope everybody out there is the same way. Uh, but, yeah, I think it kind of – this year it kind of put like a pall over it, but I'm, I'm hoping that uh, things kind of pick up here. I, just, uh, I know normally some people are already in the holiday spirit once we get to October, um, which is way too early. <laughs> I was in the store the other day, and they were actually playing Christmas music. I think it was last weekend, which I thought was a little too early. But I know for most of you, yeah. <laughs> you like your Christmas music as early as possible. Um, I'm not sure how many times I can listen to Jingle Bell Rock, even though I love it. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. But uh, in October, no. Maybe after Thanksgiving, yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. But, I don't know, just a question there, just putting that out. Uh, still ahead on the program tonight, uh, we will discuss why this week the Arizona Coyotes renounced the draft rights to their fourth-round pick. And also tonight, uh, who, I guess in their own way, had the worst week ever? We're going to let Mary decide that. But first, uh, tonight's commentary. And as I kind of stated, uh, you know, we here, I think we've done pretty well with not getting too political. We kind of walked a fine line. And Tuesday, November 3rd, uh, go out and vote. Uh, I, I could not say anything more or anything less to it. I don't care who you vote for. Go out and vote. But sometimes the question is, who do you vote for? It's not a question on the current ballot. It's pretty much a question of, or pretty much we should be asking ourselves when we go to the ballot box. This weekend, or this past weekend, I did get a chance to go out and vote. Happy to. I've done it ever since I could. And I couldn't help think about soldiers fought in wars past and present who defend our rights to do such things. I think of my grandparents who encountered the Jim Crow South 
but never wavered in trying to find a better life for themselves. I think of civil rights pioneers such as John Lewis, Harvey Milk, Cesar Chavez, Ellie Wiesel, Ida B. Wells, and I think about our children who look to us to make good decisions for them and to do what's right. Voting is a precious right, and amazingly around the world, so few have it. And I hope that within these next few days, you decide to exercise it. Our society is not a, you know, it's not a great one. It has many warts and blemishes, but doing your part to change it by voting helps to clear it. I beg of you, don't disregard your franchise or disrespect those who suffered so much to ensure your right to exercise it. It's more than a right. It's a privilege. And while you do have a right to not vote, so many of you have a greater obligation to do so. You owe way too much to way too many not to. We'll be right back with more Page One. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. And we are halfway through on this page one for this Friday night, October 30th, uh, Halloween tomorrow. And I will actually tell you, I'm shocked. Uh, so far, I've heard Ghostbusters. I've heard uh, Rockwell, somebody watch me. I haven't heard Thriller. Maybe I haven't been in the car long enough today. <gasps> but, uh, <laughs> uh, How have you not heard Thriller? Not heard Thriller yet on the radio, and I'm shocked. Maybe some people will play it. You know what, though? Some people save it for tomorrow. Uh, but I've heard a lot of Ghostbusters. Yeah. I think I've heard it about two or three times a day in the car, which, uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, continuing on with page one, uh, another sports note this week, which actually was one that kind of got swept under the uh, headlines here. But the Arizona Coyotes renounced the rights to their fourth-round pick, Mitchell Miller, after it became public that four years ago he had been convicted of bullying a developmentally challenged black classmate and calling him racial slurs to a disgusting degree. And it pretty much was uh, exposed by two journalists from the Arizona Republic. And Coyote's president and CEO, Xavier Gutierrez, said the following. Prior to selecting Mitchell and the NHL draft, we were aware that a bullying incident took place in 2016. We do not condone this type of behavior, but embrace this as a teachable moment to work with Mitchell to make him accountable for his actions and provide him with an opportunity to be a leader on anti-bullying and anti-racism efforts. We have learned more about the entire matter, and more importantly, the impact it has had uh, on the family of the people that he bullied. What we learned is not aligned with the core values and vision for our organization and leads to our decision to renounce our draft rights. On behalf of the ownership and the entire organization, I would like to apologize uh, to the victim's family. But while a lot of people... uh, had patted the coyotes on the back a lot of other people were saying you knew about this and you still went forward with drafting and you couldn't have been caught off you know guard by this story going public 
and a lot of people were now kind of dumping on the Coyotes. And I'm pretty sure there are some people on some sides of the forum who will say uh, we didn't give him a chance to learn his lesson or repent for his lesson. And there were some, of course, who said, good, he doesn't or shouldn't be playing in the league. So with that question in mind, and the way I'm going to phrase this question, because I'm going to be careful, is did the Coyotes do the right thing in renouncing those draft rights? And then on top of that, with the fact that they kind of knew, are they just as guilty for how this went down? So the simple answers are yes and yes. Um, they did the right thing by getting rid of him. That that he should not be, and I don't want to make it sound like he's being rewarded, but by being able to play a sport that he enjoys, I'm going to assume, or that he should at, um, then, and by getting to be able to do that as your job, um, where other people who are good at the sport and enjoy the sport may not have had that opportunity, um, that is a reward. So you should not be rewarded in a specific manner unless you deserve it. And because I don't believe that he has showed significant – I'm trying to word this properly. Like, he doesn't seem to have showed the significant amount of remorse for it. He hasn't changed. He hasn't, he hasn't come out and said, I did this, and I'm really sorry – and these are the things I'm doing to fix it. And these are the things I'm doing to make amends. You know, like he hasn't come out and actually made it seem like he's learned his lesson of not bullying. I don't think he deserves that right to be able to play. Now, Arizona shouldn't have drafted him in the first place if they mm-hmm. knew. And they're saying they did. So they should, that, again, should not have been the reward of, hey, he's really good. We're going to look past the fact that he's got some problems. Because those problems turn into, like, major problems later if they're not fixed. And if he's already not showing that he's moving down that path of, quote, unquote, fixing it, then he's not, then no, you shouldn't take, I don't understand why people or organizations take on athletes or any, even not even athletes, any organization takes on somebody that is going to be a heartache if they know about it. Like if they take right. on that person and then they find out later and go, oh, this is going to be a headache later, okay, that's not their fault. They didn't know. If you know ahead of time, why are you putting yourself into that position unless you've already got a plan to fix that position? Right. And they didn't. They didn't because they didn't do everything that they needed to do beforehand for that draft. Like, if they had found out, yes, we, yes, he did this, yes, we know about it, this is what he's doing to make amends, here's what we're doing, when he gets in, these are the things that he has to do while he's in here, and then put all that out there. And, and, okay, they don't need to make all that known to the public, but have that ready to go so that when it comes out and says, hey, this kid was doing this, the organization goes, yeah, but this is what we have in place. That's a lot easier. That's that headache kind of cut off at the past. Those are the things that you should be thinking about, those big-picture items that people seem to keep forgetting to do. It's like they, they only look – they're very narrowly focused at, 
this guy's a talent and we need him on our team. And there's so much more to life than just this guy's a talent and we need him on our team. So yes and yes are the simple answers. There's so much there. Well, yes and yes. (laughs) But here's the thing. You know, this is what they should, and I know this is going to sound so hypocritical, but Arizona should be ridiculed for that pick. It should have never happened. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the thing to this that I know a lot of people are going to say, and I'm going to stop you all at the pass, because you're going to say, hey, well, this isn't the first time that a pro sports team has drafted somebody with a questionable pass. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true. But the thing is, is that just because it's happened in the past, doesn't mean it should happen now. And if you knew about it, you were just as guilty and pretty much being uh, accessory to this whole thing as anything else. And should that stop someone from earning a living? You know, at this point, based off of what he did, hell yes. Yeah. Because he does not belong in any pro sports league, you know, playing – for, you know, a privilege of playing. And is he going to eventually sign with somebody? Probably. He will probably go back and play in a minor league or in college, and then he will probably get drafted by somebody else. It's probably going to happen. But as a feeling of what he's done and us knowing what he's done, no, I don't think he should. And I know that's a harsh thing to say. But let it be a lesson to anyone from this point on that the things that you do as an athlete leading up to you going to play in a professional sports league, you know, you have to be judged on that, especially for something like that. You know, and I know that you're, there's going to be people who will say, well, what about so-and-so speaking out about this or speaking out about that? This is a well-known incident that the team knew about only, only rescinded the pick because two other people figured it out and the team faced a lot of back, backlash in regards to their pick of him. And they waited a couple of days before they did something about it. And then they went ahead and did it. And even admitted that they knew of the issue going into that draft. So, yeah, they need to be ridiculed from the entire hockey league. But, no. I don't believe that uh, it deserves to be playing at this time. Maybe at a later time, once he's proven to himself that, or to other people that he's changed, I would be somewhat open to that, but only if the people who he bullied and victimized are open to that. Because to me, I think that we should hear from his victim to see what they think and then abide by it. So, I don't know. Um, I noticed our clock tonight, so I'm going to go straight to Twitter. Uh, some of the things that are trending tonight, The Mandalorian is trending. The new season, streaming on Disney Plus right now. Are you a big Mandalorian fan? I just started, so I'm going to be basically um, binge-watching that for the next few and getting caught up um, so far, yes. But I also like I also like that, so I'm, I'm, I'm into Star Wars. Uh, right now, uh, also trending, Minnesota, but for a couple of reasons. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, President Trump and Vice President Biden are uh, there uh, in Minnesota uh, campaigning, but 
a final in overtime uh, from Maryland. <laughs> University of Maryland, 45, Michigan, 40, I mean, not Michigan, Minnesota, 44. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan, sorry about that. Minnesota, 44. So one point win there. Uh, also trending tonight, um, Happy Halloween <laughs> is trending. Uh, also trending uh, is, oh, and congratulations, it is trending tonight, Megan Rapone uh, and Sue Bird, uh, who got engaged. So congratulations to them. Uh, so that's some of the things that are trending on Twitter. Uh, so finally this evening, uh, three stories, and of course you can tell, when this is a slow news week, uh, I pretty much will find three stories that pretty much there's nothing that you could really debate on, but there was three stories this week that were just flat out bad for people, and I'm going to have Mary decide who is the winner of probably the worst week ever. So, story number one, and this comes from uh, U.S. News. A New York City man was waiting for a bus recently when he fell into a sinkhole that held another horrific surprise for him, a swarm of rats. Leonard Shoulders, 33, suffered a broken arm and a broken leg in a 12- to 15-foot plummet after the ground gave way on a Bronx sidewalk. He couldn't move, and the rats were crawling all over him. He didn't scream because he didn't want the rats going into his mouth. The victim's mother uh, stated that he is traumatized, and the rats down there were ridiculous. They were so big. Emergency crews took about a half hour to rescue him, and he was hospitalized. But he is doing well, according to family members. That's right. Story number two. (laughs) A 50-year-old man has filed a lawsuit after wildlife officials say that he was mauled by a captive black leopard in a backyard animal enclosure in South Florida. Dwight Turner paid $150 for a full contact experience with the black leopard, which allowed him to, quote, play with it, rub its belly, and take pictures. A report by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission says the incident happened on August 31st in Davie, which is near Fort Lauderdale. The agency charged the owner with allowing full contact with an extremely dangerous animal and was cited for maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition. Uh... The WPLG down there reports that Turner is now suing the owner of the leopard. Who would pay $150 to have an experience with a leopard? I don't know. I don't even know how that works out in court. And in the final story, (laughs) yeah, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, And then the final story this week of the good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh. A stack correction that changed a sack to a tackle for a loss in the Chicago Bears-Los Angeles Rams game on Monday caused a $997,000 fantasy football heartbreak for a 41-year-old insurance agent in St. Louis. For 30 minutes after Monday's game ended, Rob Hunt thought he had won the million-dollar first prize in a DraftKings contest. Everything had worked out perfectly for him down the stretch the Rams' 24-10 win. One of his lineups that featured both the Rams and the Bears' defenses had scored 92.79 points, the most out of the over 176,000 entries. His computer screen showed a million-dollar first prize. He texted with friends and called his parents to share the news. 
and then took his dog Achilles for a walk. And when he returned, yeah, you guessed it. He wanted to refresh his computer screen just to see himself on top, and then boom. A sack that had been credited to the Bears' defense late in the fourth quarter was changed to a running play, a three-yard loss by Rams quarterback Jared Goff. That three-yard loss dropped him into a tie for sixth place with 18 under entries, and his prize money dropped from $1 million down to $3,078.94. Heartbreaking on so many levels, he said to ESPN on Tuesday. And stat corrections, they're not uncommon. They regularly affect fantasy contests. And he also said that before he lost out on $5,000 due to a stat correction in a previous fantasy contest, but this time being more painful. And after the correction, five entries finished tied for first and a split million dollar prize. So, all that being said, who had the horse squeak for? <laughs> I mean... Personally, I think the guy that broke his arm and his leg and ends up in the sinkhole—that was awful. But I know that, like, if that that money happened to me, and that's heartbreaking. That's so heartbreaking. The guy that got mauled by the leopard—that was him being stupid. Like in my head, I'm like, I am not even sad about it. You deserved it at that point. You paid 150 bucks to go rub a leopard's belly, and he mauled you. Yeah, you paid 150 bucks to get mauled, dude. That's what you get. <laughs> that's, that's the ranking for me. Um, it, it's heartbreaking for the million dollars. It absolutely is. But I think the guy that had the worst week would be the guy that broke his arm in his leg. I would. So it, it, I had to choose one. Sinkhole. Sudden sinkhole to fall it into just, the sewer yeah, and then have rats on you. You can't scream. You can't, that's a Halloween story. You can't scream because you're afraid of the rat getting in your mouth. That is, <laughs> wow. And, of course, you know what's going to happen? You know what else? And here's what's in my mind's eye. I'm looking at the, I'm like, in my mind's eye, I'm seeing this happen. He's standing there. All of a sudden, he falls down. He's probably got a stone in his hand, right? Falls down, probably. breaks his arm, breaks his leg, which happens. And his phone is probably lost in the sea of rats. So he can't even text somebody he can't like set off an alarm he can't do anything at this point and he can't scream so it's all of the things yeah i would figure the sinkhole you probably lost your phone halfway down that 12 to 15 foot drop and Mm -hmm. the people probably saw the sinkhole opening and then called the fire department but man a lot that's like bad luck i I don't don't tell you on that one so i would say the worst week to go to that guy my heart goes out to him and his family. I hope he I hope he does make a full recovery and that he gets over his rat thing, but like wow. Like wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I said, the million dollars is heartbreaking. But that guy with the leopard, he paid hundred and fifty bucks to get mauled and, and that's what that's what's he suing him for? Pain and suffering? You went and see the with some wild animal. Right. <laughs> it's like you decided to come here, pay 150 bucks, and do that. So whatever happens, happens. <laughs> You're on your right. Own. That's on you, dude. That's your liability. So yeah, <laughs> you are on your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but that rats one is a stuff of nightmares, man. <laughs> the only thing worse would be is if the rats were dressed as clowns. Then it would be even worse. Oh no! Yeah, that that. Was, uh... <laughs> Little rat <laughs> it would be very bad. 
That would be very bad. So. Great googly moogly. Yeah, it, it did not go well for him. Um, we have a few minutes left, uh, so here's a bonus story for you. Uh, with the holidays being right around the corner, before we know it, it will be time to start our Christmas shopping. And if you're looking for a little inspiration on what to get your friends and family this year, KFC has something for the fried chicken lovers in your life. KFC's popular holiday item, the fried chicken-scented 11 herbs and spices fire log, will be available again this holiday season. (laughs) This will be the third consecutive holiday that KFC uh, (laughs) makes their – you know, you can make your home smell like your favorite fried chicken. According to the press release, <laughs> it's designed to make your home smell like fried chicken and feel as warm as an extra crispy drumstick and a KFC $20 fill-up. KFC hopes that in this year of unpredictability, having your home smell like their fried chicken will be a comfort to their customers. So, yes, uh, the fire log is back. And, and if it, you don't like fire logs, Febreze has an Old Spice car scent, so you can absolutely have your car smell like Old Spice. Nice. How about uh, how about like uh, root? <laughs> I haven't found root. I'm not kidding. I found. I I am not joking. I took a picture of it because there was no way this was real. But for real, there is a Febreze car scent that you put in your car, like a like you like the pine trees, but it smells like Old Spice. Nice. I, I, I think that. that they should it's also amazing. branch out. Like I said, do root. Do some high karate, and then do some Jovan Musk. And I think at that point they've got Jovan Musk. There you go. And the packaging needs to be very 80s. And you also have to do some Drakkar Noor. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You all of those, you're good to go. Uh, By the way, that fire log is going to be available at Walmart stores beginning on Monday for fifteen dollars and eighty-eight (laughs) cents. I'm trying to figure out what else would you like? Because I would think if you want to make your car smell like that, all you have to do is just get a bottle of the cologne and just spray your seats, right? You would think, right? Like, you know, as you you have your fan on, it kind of permeates through the car. I don't know. Don't look at me. I have no idea. I don't, mm. It's funny. To me, it's hilarious. But I'm also one of those people that like the novelty things like that that are just like, really? That's what you're going to have? Okay. You know. I, you know, I don't know. You know, we've gone with all this, like, smell goods and all this stuff. You know, whatever happened to just the old-fashioned, you had the the three or four, uh, uh, was it those trees, the air fresher trees? You put them at the front of the car. (laughs) You had the pine flavor. Uh, then you had the new car smell, and then you had strawberry, and I think it was like some other one. Now you got black ice, and you got to have like ten other ones, and I don't know. Aloha they, fresh. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many. Um, did you have any shout-outs this week? No, but uh, very very short. Everybody that it does go out trick-or-treating tomorrow, please be careful. Obviously, still look out for the safety stuff that happens with your kids. And if you're not trick-or-treating but you are going out tomorrow, look out for the kids. Uh, 
wear the masks regardless of what the masks are. I, I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of ninjas just because that just makes sense. Um, or people that are are going to be like doctors, nurses, um, by all means. Um, but enjoy the holiday. Happy Halloween. Happy Nevada Day to everybody out there. By the way, did you seriously buy That's that? It. Did you did you buy that for Breeze with the old style? <laughs> oh yes, I did. I got somebody in mind for that. I got that earmarked as a gift for someone very special in my life. So yes, yes, I did. You have one to admit other, it's hilarious. And I was going to say one other side note. I was listening today, and they said that the top celebrity that people were going to be dressing as this year was Ariana Grande. Really? Which makes sense. All you got to do is just do like a ponytail on the back and that's about it, right? <laughs> no, the little cat ear thing. I guess. <laughs> well, whatever you all do for Halloween, we hope that you have a wonderful and safe Halloween. And the next time that we will see you, we will be in November. We will be a few days past the election. Please, ladies and gentlemen, whatever happens on Tuesday, please, I can't say enough to just remain calm. Uh, you know, we've heard of so many cities doing exercises for the worst possible things to happen. Let's make sure that those exercises were for naught and that we don't have to actually put those into place. You know, this is an election and the greatest country in the world in which free elections still happen. Let people vote for who they're going to vote for, and then we sit back, we let the votes count, and we sit back and we just wait for the returns and we work it from there. So uh, for Mary, I'm LeVar. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next Friday night for another edition of Page One. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Take care. to page one don't forget to get the latest show info on twitter at news comment btr and add us as a podcast on apple 